Hello, fellow Gunners from Icicle, Germany, and greetings to my co-host on the other side of the world, Aiden, in sunny South Africa. Hello, oh. guys. A warm 35 degrees from uh, Cape Town over here. It's actually an absolute belt here. Um, it's been, what, 11? We've won. It's been it's really good to be a Gunner at this point in time. Yeah, so we are going to touch on now the first, uh, the Monday night game that we were first previewing. Um, it was, again, it was playing out as a tough game, the first half against Leicester, who, as we said in the, you know, pre-podcasting, Puel was in a setup shop, you know, almost like perfect against us. And it was like they went like for like with us for most of the game, even though they played like a 4-4-2. But, I mean, they were playing a very, since the new Arsenal playing a high defensive line, Vardy and Iannaccio were just hanging in their own half and just waiting for Madison to loft balls over into the Arsenal half, which, of course, they had the speed to run onto. But, I mean, the likes of Leno and, and uh, Socrates, they saw, or Mustafi, sorry, they saw things off well in that first half because, I mean, it was a storm we had to win. Um. Uh, that that Madison guy really gave us trouble. I, I felt, but that I felt that second half we really nullified him, and that's why eventually he got substituted. Yeah, because you must also remember, at the moment we are playing a brand of football. I mean, I, I'm going to touch on it for the of the Lisbon game, but it's, there is a, a new type of tactic that one pundit specifically has picked up on, and I'm going to go into in depth like when we start talking about the Lisbon game. Um, with regard to the Leicester game again, um, <clears throat> we went behind to uh, and own goal. You know, almost like, I mean, in a way it was coming because the amount of pressure that they were, you know, putting on us, we were buckling eventually because you can only, you know, weather so much before something has to give. And through yeah. a, a bit of, you know, lack of concentration because... If we look at the replay again, I think of the goal, you can see Lacazette loses Chilwell. And since Mkhitaryan was sucked into the middle of the park, it left the, uh, Chilwell. Oh, you know, acres of space to gun towards our box. And by the time Ballon was sucked first to the middle, and then by the time he now realized, oh, crap, I've, you know, I'm going to have a guy running on the overlap. By the time he pulled wide, uh, he, all he could do was almost like just stick a foot out and then he ended up just steering that, because it was actually a cross, it wasn't a shot, it was a, a cross or miss hit shot maybe but I mean he then steered the ball past a flat-footed Leno and I mean we were 1-0 down and I mean, you could sense okay the crowd were you know wobbling a bit with that goal that we conceded but that said, the team did not you know put their heads their down or whatever, they got back up and started applying the pressure because so after the 35th minute, you could see we were really cranking it up the the, the, the pressure and intensity of the game. Oh, there's, there's two things I want to touch on, like both a pro and a con. I mean, the one thing about the, this this um, Arsenal team at the moment, they're starting very slow games, and uh, it's good we crank up the pressure, and like you know, towards the end of the first half <clears> and then yeah. second half done right, but. The problem comes to me is that when you're playing maybe a Liverpool or you're playing uh, well, a, a Man City or even a, a Tottenham, you don't want to let them get in the game and get their rhythm going because it can be a very tough game for Arsenal if they find themselves 2-0 down. It's not going to be easy to orchestrate a comeback like that. And 
that being said, another thing that I can say was a pro um, from Emre's side, the, the way he altered his tactics. Like, when he put, he, he brought, he put Iwobi on the, was it on the right side to almost help to almost nullify Chilwell because second half, you, he didn't even hear Chilwell's name at all anymore compared to the first half. And then that Xhaka at left back also was actually really good because he, he played an absolute stunner actually. Yeah, because look, <clears throat> you could see in that, uh, you know, there were parts of that, that that second half where you could see he was getting adventurous, you know, going about, you know, tempted to go, but, you know, he slowly slotted in back into that left back position. But then with regards now to that first half still, again, which we equalized with a fantastic Ozil goal, something that he yeah. started from the middle of the park yeah. where interplay between him and Bellerin, and I mean, he got himself in the box and he just almost like just caressed it. And it like just yeah. it's the ball just kissed off the post and into the net. And I mean, it was like a, a perfect goal because, as Martin Tyler said, because we had him as the commentator, as he said, he knew the minute he stuck the ball, he was already wheeling off in celebration. Yeah. So he knew. Yeah, you know, he was. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think that the, this performance and in general, if you could sum up Una Emre's night, it would be the perfect ten because it was ten in a row that night. And he finally played Ursel in the number 10 role as well because he's always been playing Ursel, you know, wide and stuff like that. But that's the first time he made Ursel almost like that number 10. And he actually was a linchpin in this game. I mean, for me, the, the look, you're not jumping away ahead of it. But what I wanted to say was the master stroke was that substitution that he made. Because, I mean, I didn't notice it at first, but um, when I was watching, the Premier League show that was Lee, um, Lee Dixon and, and Matt Holland the other, uh, yesterday. Yeah. They were just discussing, you know, when, when, when Doozy and, and Aubameyang came on for Dicksteiner and Mkhitaryan, they said, you know, that whole tactic was already prepared well, well in advance, that, that whole tactical switch. Because they said, if you watch it, that, even the highlights package, I think you can watch, you can see Gwen Doozy, the minute he runs onto the field, when 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 Lichtsteiner comes off, Jaka already without any conversation or you know you know normally a little gesture that yeah you know go in there or whatever you just see Jaka uh, immediately going to that left back, left back position so you could see that was already pre planned that whole thing uh, the whole tactic now of playing like that so you know he, he slotted in there and I mean then you could already see um, one thing we could see now also um, Lester were tiring and I mean tiring badly. From that hour mark, you can actually see there's a point where Ozil starts getting time with to put his foot on the ball yeah. and look up and look up. Um, Gwendoza as well, and you could see slowly but surely, you know where where Leicester were one man like first off doing all that, you know, making it compact pressing somewhere. Yeah. All of a sudden, there it's like you know they're giving them the ball. When it came to to uh, us attacking them in their box or around the in the, in their third. The minute they get the ball, they just booted it forward or booted it into touch. Because you could see every time that we were just coming wave upon wave. And you knew something was going to give. And look, it was almost like an Obama Young blitz. Because yes. at, at that first goal was almost like something what you, that you would see on a TV game or something like that. Because yeah. Ozil gets the ball. Bellerin already knows, okay, that's going to be played into that, that, that space, that open space. Chilwell didn't even bother tracking. Because, I mean, you could see he was totally switched off. You know, and as you said, with that tactical change beforehand also, all of a sudden, Chilwell was not that threat anymore going forward because almost like now yeah. he starts sitting back and 
when he had to defend, you could actually see he's also got holes in his game. And I mean, it was, oh, like, yeah. it was like a yeah. perfect, you know, inch perfect pass. And I mean, it was a, like a little, just a little dink pass, Casper Schmeichel for that 2-1. And then, I mean, just when you think that, you know, the crowd was already rocking, the players yeah. already playing with confidence. And then, you know, leading up to that third goal, which was probably, for me, goal of the weekend. I mean, I'm sorry to be biased or whatever here, but you see that minute that ball leaves Leno's foot and that all the way that movement starts. It's like watching, you know, that's the type of thing, a moment where you actually want to be, you know, like a drone and just look down and watch. Yeah. You know, thing gets pinged around like it. And I mean, it was so, so fast. I mean, it went one minute to, to Xhaka, who plays the infield, I think. And then it was that Ozil with a little back flick to, to yes. uh, that was already steaming forward. And I mean, the minute he was going to cut the ball infield, I mean, I did not expect that little step over dummy from, from Ozil where he just ran over the ball. And I mean, that, when that ball got chopped into that pocket for from um, Lacazette, I mean, it was just, you know, I mean, like that perfect, perfect goal that you would say, yeah. uh, set up goal, where it was again, uh, Obama Young just with a simple tap in after that fantastic little out, outside of the foot pass by Ozil. I think it was, it's just the team just on the same wavelength. Like, for this, the way that, 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 uh, like I said, knew that Uzo was going to leave the ball and he knew exactly where to play the ball without even almost like having to hear anything. It was like it was a telepathic yeah, thing yeah. where everybody just knew where they were. And, it, and it's something that's been missing for Arsenal in, for a long time. Because you know, and, and, and for those listeners also, if you want to get an idea of, you know, that, I, uh, that, that goal that was scored, the third one especially. Watch the Arsenal on the Arsenal channel on YouTube. They have a training session from you know leading up to I think to the Leicester game. You must yeah. find the exact date, and then you can actually see they are training that exact exact move. I kid you not. Just have a look at that clip because they set up dummies on the on the training pitch at, at, at Colney, and you can actually see it at, at that little give and go passes just in that little in the in the penalty area, and you can see it like it plays out perfectly where it, it just gives that. Uh, you know, whoever's going to score the simple tapping because uh, uh, it's almost like the ball is always going to be spread left or right and then a, a, a perfect 45 cross and it just gets tapped in. Well, one thing I liked also of of the, the Arsenal team at the moment is the, the depth and strength that's coming from the bench. I mean, um, Emery doesn't, I'm going to say, he doesn't care about your reputation. He'll put you on the bench like the likes of Ramsey, the likes of Aubameyangs, they they are on the bench. Maybe like Emre, like he doesn't just put players in the positions wherever they feel because of who they are and, and like their, their, their stature or whatever. Because uh, the likes of Wenger wouldn't have done and taken these bold risks that Emre is doing at the moment. Mm. I mean, uh, what, what I'm actually enjoying to watch is this this constant drive going forward. You get like Iwobi. Yes. Gets the ball, turns, goes forward, Gwendozi or whatever. Or I, I don't know. Sometimes El Nini kind of still has that old, old brand of football anyway. You know, you'll get the ball, but you don't have that confidence. Sometimes just to you know that that lung busting run forward, and you'll stop and play like a little safe pass back. And I'm thinking to myself, just you know, get on that 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 almost like that Emery bike and go forward because that is because I mean the the faster we play. You can see that we, we put the fear of God into most of these guys, most of these teams that we play, especially the defenders. 
because they are not expecting those balls to be pinged around. And look, we've got actual like you know bowlers in our team that can you know do that quick little triangle passes around you or that give and go stuff or that you know that little dink through the middle stuff like that. That is the brand of football, and I you know I, that's where I worry about people, even like Makatarian um, uh, at times. Or yeah. like El Nen, because you can actually see these things where I'm like they are not on that same page at the moment. Though, I mean, I, I don't know how many scruffy passes I've seen in the last few matches where the guitarian comes on and you think, okay, you know, I'm, I'm I hope this guy, you know, it, it pays off. But I don't know. At times, it seems I was like that whole Alexis Vegetarian deal. I think it was like both parties somehow just got shortchanged in a way. I mean, I'm not trying yeah. to I just want to slag him off now for that, but. I don't know, it's like, there's something that does not, you know, just run smoothly or gel in this team. I don't know. It's a tough... I, I, tough... I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't think even Uzel can play in the same team. I don't know if it's just my personal thing. Like, they... they, mm-hmm. they I think they maybe get... They want to get each other's way, but uh, they, they'll never kind of almost both be on, on song together like that. So... You know, one thing that I'm, that I'm picking up is like, Emery puts Mkhitaryan more as a winger, you know, or outside yeah. left, or outside right. But it's like you can see that that um, Mkhitaryan always has that urge to run to the middle, which of course clogs yeah. up everything, like, as you said now. You know, it's almost like they they almost like in each other's way. So, you know, something's going to have to give there. And I mean, I don't think, you know, Ozil at the moment is going to be the guy that he drops, you know. So, you know, either adapt, he should either adapt his game right or, I don't know, he, he's going to be at risk of, you know, being also slowly phased out and then probably showing the door. Like, you know, if an offer comes in, in uh, next summer, then they will probably say, okay, probably, you know, like a natural winger for that position. Then. Yeah. You know, one thing about Uzel, actually speaking about team, like, under Emre now, there's large few games, now he's working much harder off the ball when we don't have, the, when, we, when we lose possession, he's trying to put in tackles. And, I mean, he was coming in from deep, also, like he comes and fetches the ball almost now as well. Like you saw in the in that um, in the Leicester game, we got the ball from deep for that um, that th- the third goal we scored. Yeah, so it's like and, and and he's also like making those late runs into the box. Like he's he's, he's everywhere. Like now, I don't know what Emre told him, or I don't know if it was the protection of having Torreira behind him that he feels more safe, almost like a bodyguard guarding him that he can yeah. just go and do what he must do. Okay, so now um, we're going to draw a line on that game. So we talk now about the Europa League's game at Sporting so, so Lisbon. Not, um, I just want to congratulate you on your prediction as well. You did call it 3-1 and you were spot on. Thanks, bro. Um, as Andrew Nassena, we're playing now Sporting Lisbon in the Europa League away. Um, you unfortunately could not watch the game as you had other commitments, I think football-wise. Yeah, football commitments, yeah. Yeah, so it was a good game. I mean, what you know, what in a way stood out. I mean, in a way, it was kind of sly of, of Lisbon. They set up their squad like on you know when they have to match. I need the sheets to your for yeah. it's like four three three. And the more I was watching that game, because they've got the guy at left back. Okay, I know some of those numbers mean nothing yeah, in today's football, but they had a guy like a number nine. He played I think at the World Cup. Could be for one of the South American countries. Can't think now of which one. Acuna. Could be even Uruguay. Could be Mexico. I'm not sure. And he was playing, or he's registered on that thing as a left, 
uh, left back in that 4-3-3. Yeah. And I was watching that game. You could see Porto were playing, a, uh, sorry, not Porto, <laughs> Lisbon were playing a game, a formation, something like 2-5-3. Because that Akuna guy was playing so far up, you can't even say it was really a, you know, a, a left back. Yeah. He was, you know, looking more like a, you know, wing back type. But I mean, look, him and that guy, I don't know that guy's name is Petrovic or Petrovic. So the, the right back, Lisbon's right back, they were so quick going back and, like, you know, back in attack or going to defend. Yeah. They were so they could make up that, you know, the four again in defense. But for most of that game, especially first half, when they went out, because they, look, they also had us on the ropes quite a bit. They had like just um, that Coates that used to play for Liverpool. They had Dimas at centre back, and they had another guy, Pinto. And they were almost like just like a two man wall. And they were just sitting all the time in their half. And like the rest of the team were just almost like flooding us. <clears throat> and, you know, I thought to myself, look, there's also only so much we can handle. Something's going to also give if we're not going to yeah. hold on. Look, there were a lot, a lot of close calls in that game also where. Socrates could have been sent for a professional foul because he was I mean, clearly tugging the guy back. Rob Holding, again, I mean, we didn't touch on it in that Leicester review, but yeah. Holding, again, you know, had his hand in a weird position uh, with the ball, smacked his hand, could have uh, given away a penalty, even could have been a red as well there. So, you know, we also rode our luck in that first half. But then you can see as the, <clears throat> the second half wore on, that... You know, the same way, and that is now where I'm going to touch on what that Matt Holland said with regards to uh, the Emery tactics. He showed a list of, of the last I think, Premier League games. And uh, it could be even six or seven games. And we go into that games every time, 0-0, 1-1 type of thing. Yeah. And then, so, second half, Arsenal just run uh, roll over you. And like Lee Dixon first didn't say, oh yeah, like, you know, it's you know, almost like just a rub of the mole type of thing. Or rub of the green, I should say. And Matt Holland said, no, nah, but he thinks Arsenal playing a type of tactic where for 10, 15 minutes, there, the ball is yours, attack us. Then after that, when you get to that, that, that 20, 30 minute mark or 35 minutes, then all of a sudden, Arsenal start taking control of the game. And they don't attack, but they start knocking the ball around. So it's almost like, now nah, you can start pressing us. You try getting this ball from us. And then you see that, you know, that, that, in the comfort zone where they, you, you know, they lure two or three players onto them because they know they want to play a tight press game. Yeah. Lisbon, Leicester, did, uh, Leicester also wanted to do that same, you know, tight press game. And then they just start knocking it. So it's almost like you've got, in, Les, in the, with the Leicester game, you had Vardy and, and um, Iannaccio pressing, yeah. pressing. All, all first off, I mean, they, they did play well. And then second off, when you ask anybody now, what did Nacho and Vardy do second off? Nothing. Because yeah. the tank was empty. They could do nothing anymore. They did not have anything. And the only attack that was coming was in midfield and stuff like that. So you had now the same thing play out there with, with Porto. Um, why don't I keep on saying Porto? Lisbon. And you could see they were slowly being gassed out because that, especially that, that, that middle quarter of the game, they had nothing anymore because they were just, you know, woofing forward and, you know, waiting for, uh, you know, a misjudged pass or misheader or something. But I mean, we were like, you know, sweeping up everything, you know, that was coming our way. And okay. I was just, yeah, go on. That's definitely a point, a good point that you're mentioning of how you're saying Arsenal are like almost give the team the ball and they try to at least go in by half time, 0 0 1 1 1, and they start steamrolling the team because. 
I could be under correction, but I don't think we've led a game at half time yet in, in terms of the Premier League. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah. So, I mean, you could see, you know, and, and, and through that, uh, when, when, when um, Welbeck scored that winning goal on 78 minutes, yeah. it was also through, number one, lack of concentration and a lot of fatigue. Because that quad is almost like he almost like half stood on the ball. And at <laughs> the time, you know, Welbeck nicked it already off him. It was almost like he did not have the legs. I mean, he, he managed to get his uh, you know, balance back again. But he had no legs to really carry him. And that uh, that covering defender, Pinto, did not have the pace to, you know, turn up to, yeah. catch up to Welbeck. And I mean, he just smashed that ball between the keeper's legs for the winning goal. I mean, it was also a fantastic, fantastic finish. Yeah, I saw the finish. It was very well taken. I think Welbeck's been doing well when called upon, actually. Yeah, because I mean, it's showing now how everybody is, is, is uh, being, you know, made part of the team. Not like, you remember under Wenger, it was almost like people were sulking on the bench and then it's almost like, yeah. come on, it's like, uh, you know, I don't really feel like this or whatever. But I mean, now it's like you get the guys, they come on, they do their business. I mean, I mean, I saw Ozil when he realized at, at I think it was 10 or something minutes or eight minutes to go, that he was not going to be subbed in for that last few minutes of the game. He was upset. And it, it tells you how eager they are now to play and, and want to be in. But I mean, that is where I, I really admire Emery because you can see he's keeping the squad ticking and going. And, uh, exactly. Now you Everybody, know, everybody's happy. Now you know, yeah. Now you know on, on, on this, like the Palace game again, you're going to have Ozil in now. He's going to want to prove something again. So look, I didn't, I actually deserved, you know, that little bit of a cameo there or, you know, uh, Lacazette that came on also with about 10 minutes ago. Yeah. He's probably going to also want to put in a shift now. So, you have that, you know, that, that, that the, the, look, you have that nice banter uh, training, and yes. that, but you also have that little rivalry also. So, you know, it's all, it's all, all in all, it's like a, 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 you know, this big pot, you're mixing all these personalities together, and it's almost like benefiting the team now as a well. whole. And then when you get, no, see, it, and you can see on Instagram, even like the, the, when they won that 11 in a row, everybody's posting about it, even the guys who didn't play in the game. So it feels like it's their win. It's like our win, but it's not like oh, just the guys that's playing in the Europa League squad. It's their win because that's what Wenger used to do. He used to have a, a Europa League squad, a Carabao Cup team, and this team. But now it's just one team. Everybody plays together. It's like like there's no importance in like prioritization in competitions. It's like Europa League. Those guys are all the whole squad is going to be there. The uh, you know, going to be there. As, uh, like the only thing I find annoying of of I mean as much as well as we're doing is how the media are you know really playing all this down. I mean I'm not <clears throat> I'm not uh, saying because uh, like you know some of them go oh yeah they're winning this but it's not it's not making the title contenders fine we accept that but it's not us talking about it because look if you ask any any Arsenal fan like you know uh, you know that that that's uh, I'm like a realist. Yeah. We'll tell you straight, you know, our aim is to get in the Champions League. We see yeah. you know, where we get to, like, you know, end of the season. We are not talking. I have not heard any, any Arsenal fan. And I mean, I follow them on, on Twitter, of Arsenal fans on Twitter. And, and I have some friends on, on Facebook. And None of us have spoken about, oh, yeah, we're going to go off and win the league. We're going to go off and... No, we are just being real about everything, <clears throat> taking every game as it comes. And I mean, every game also comes with a different tactic, different... You know, game plan and whatever. And, you know, us as fans are accepting it because 
we know we've got the new manager. Not much as, of course, expecting that first season because look at us all, uh, as you said, also with the old trans- transition and all that stuff. So, I mean, we accept, you, you know, we take things at face value. We're not, uh, you know, running our mouth of, oh, we're going to win the Champions League, the league, Europa League and everything. We just take it game at the game. And I think, uh, like, when you hear people that are, like, you know, commentators or pundits that are kind of biased to, you know, the old teams and stuff like that, I yeah. think, you know, almost like subconsciously, they are a bit nervous because you look at any of the other teams, how many have, are on a, on a win streak like this? You know, honestly. I'm like, yeah, I'm still totally. being real about it. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, we're going to win the league. I mean, for me, top four would be actually a bonus for now. I mean, anything yeah. else is a, uh, is a bonus. But, I mean, for now, that now is like, you know, what we should gun for, the, the top four. And, yeah, like, and, and people are not, you know, it was like, oh, yeah, Leicester's uh, like not a strong yeah. this. And yet, when when Liverpool, you can you please explain to me what makes Liverpool championship material if they're winning like 1-0 at Huddersfield away and we just wipe the floor with some other teams like away from home and what? Yes, uh, different story. Yeah, it's always the case with Arsenal. They'll say, we're not beating the big teams now. Like, oh, we're not beating the smaller teams. Now we're beating the smaller teams. It's, oh, they've only played the smaller teams. But you still have to get the job done. And for- okay, do you remember? I don't know if it was like, it could be seven, eight or even ten years ago. Do you remember also? There was a time where, I'm not sure if it was Liverpool or United or somebody, but they lost against all the, the top three. And they ended it was up- United. It was United and they won the league. Yeah, and then they ended up, as long as you feel, uh, look at the end of the day, you have to see if you get the points against whether it's mid-table or lower teams, and that's what they did. They might have lost yeah. to the big guns and whatever, and they ended up winning it without beating a big team. So, if I'm, how does that... if I'm watching you, I'll be happy if Arsenal lose to Liverpool but go on another 12-game winning run. Because, look, the, the next few games are going to be tough for us, no doubt. Yeah, but I think Palace away is also not going to be the easiest of fixtures. Salas Park hasn't been good to us. Yeah, but from what I look at the moment, this season, what I've been again going on, I've been actually checking teams' progression from the actual season. And they are, again, the problem that, that they have, you know, like we said, Leicester were inconsistent. I guess, you know, yeah. won four, lost four at the time before they played us. With Palace again, they are struggling to score goals at home again. Now, now the pressure's also on them. Can they not do it? And look, we know again we're gonna face again a, a, a you know a storm on on like tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have, probably have to weather the likes of 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 um, Zaha and Townsend. But then I think after yeah. that you nullify them again. Then it's again open season on that midfield and the open season on the defense as well. So ever I go at them, and I mean if we're gonna turn on the pace again like we did against Fulham and I. Look, that was not a, a typical away performance. That was now yeah, ruthless. Yeah. So, I mean, they could also set themselves up for something if we play play them. Would you go bombing and like I said, both on the, on the pitch and on, on, on Sunday? I would, but I don't think he's going to. I don't think because at the moment, he's very happy letting Aoba come on like with, you know, uh, half an hour to go because... He's scared. If you see Aubameyang's stats with that, that substitution things, he comes on. How many goals he scored from as a, like as a sub? 
He's got a lot in the bank. What is exactly? I think he's got now, what was it, two, four, could be five in, in five in about 65 or, yeah, or 85 minutes of play as a sub, oh, as a sub. That, that, that's actually, uh, for those Arsenal fans who are sad about losing Sanchez, Sanchez only has three Premier League goals and Aubameyang has done more than that coming off the bench. Yeah, it's scary. So, we think now tomorrow, hopefully... Another three points in the bag. Let's look at. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's going to be tough, probably again, since especially the way we play. But I hope we take that three points, and then next up is in the Blackpool game in the Carabao Cup. So I hope you guys all have a good weekend, and I hope you enjoy the rugby later on, Aiden. Okay, thanks. Yeah, it's going to be mad at Newlands. But before we go, prediction for the game. Let's see if we can get to the game. No Arsenal. Uh, I'm I'm also going for two 0 actually. Okay, take care. Okay. Hope you guys, Gunas, have a great weekend. Bye. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app, free for iOS and Android.